Welcome to Travolting. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering The Devil's Reign. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the inaugural episode of Travolting, coming to you via recording, coincidentally two days before the actual American inauguration. Hashtag the end of the world. That is correct. This is a Biden-era podcast. Um, <laughs> my name is Jeff Sweeney, as you heard from the title, and I'm joined by my good friend and producer for the show. Stuart Elmore. Yes, producer Stu himself. It's great to be here. All right, uh, now to business. I just want to get a little housekeeping out of the way before we get into the, the business of the episode. Um, first of all, you're probably asking yourself, who are we and what do we have to say? Why are we here? Why are you listening to us? Uh, we are two unemployed filmmakers living in Chicago. Too real. Stop. <laughs> I, I am, uh, I am recently unemployed as of the, as of yesterday. I thought I had a job, but I didn't. Um, Wait, did you not get that PA job? I did not get that PA job. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Um, but it's fine because we have more time to record this. Hey, I'm also unemployed too, yeah. so it's all right. And, uh, we're consumed by a passion for one specific man, one specific actor. Praise be. Um, who, is, who is he, you may ask? Well, if you looked at the title of the show, you can probably assume that it is the one and only screen actor, John Travolta. The man, the myth, the legend himself. Yep. Um, I've always just been puzzled by him. I feel like every movie I watch, I get a piece of this puzzle, but I never have the whole picture. Um, you know, he's just a guy who's never afraid to really go for it. Uh, remarkable history that kind of charts the history of Hollywood, going from the new Hollywood of the 1970s to modern-day uh, Travolta exploitation. Uh, he's been defined by monstrous successes and catastrophic failures, as well as a life dotted with startling achievements and unspeakable tragedies. It's a very interesting character who we're hoping to really dive into with this show. Um, but it's important to note that this isn't a bit... Like, we're not here to make fun of Vinny Barbarino. We're here to explore him and kind of discover what is his motive as an actor, what's his mantra, what's his goal. We're genuinely perplexed by him, and we want to figure it out. Um, we're here to discover the arc and exegesis of his career and kind of just put together who this guy is. And, and don't get us wrong. We are going to be reviewing some really bad movies on this yes, show. Yes, we are covering three of the only 52 movies to have a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. So things will certainly get dire <laughs> at various <laughs> points in this podcast. We're hitting a high moment here on our first yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but my goal is to you know watch all 66 films of John Travolta's career, hopefully foster some really good discussions, um, hopefully discover some things and have a good time doing it. All the while dragging poor Stuart along the way with me. I'm happy to be here, man. <laughs> uh, through this canon. And we hope that you all join us along the way and have a good time while doing so. Um, before we get into the main thesis of the episode and the movie we're covering and kind of just talking about John himself, I want to go over some of the boring ground rules and the commandments we'll be sticking to for this show. We're going to be comprehensive, but we do have to set some limits for our own sanity and also just for the continued viability of my relationship with my girlfriend. <laughs> I'm already going to be watching 66 John Travolta movies. I could not include um, 82 episodes of Welcome Back, Cotter. So on that, our limits are going to be we're only covering the movies. 
We will not be covering documentary. I mean, we will be covering documentaries. But TV shows. Yeah, can you cut out like 10 seconds prior? I'm not cutting anything uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we, will, we will be covering documentaries that he has appeared in. There are a few in our list. Uh, the list will be posted on a few places that I'll share at the end of the episode. Uh, so we'll be covering any feature films he's in, television films, cameos, documentaries. We will not be covering television shows. As I said, I could not justify watching 82 episodes of Welcome Back, Cotter for a one-hour podcast episode. It might be a Patreon thing in the in, yeah. in the future. This un- Patreon, wow, you're going really ahead. Uh, this <laughs> unfortunately, does also include, we will not be covering, at this time, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Uh, but frankly, that's like a year away, so we could get there, decide to just do it anyway. Bob Shapiro is my uh, man. Yeah, so if you're looking for a cliffhanger to like kind of propel you to keep listening to the show, um, come back in a year, see if we've covered the people versus Joe J. Simpson, and then call us out. Um, but anyway, that's basically the extent of the rules. We're just going to be covering the movies of John Travolta, talking about them, having some fun guests on, coming to some realizations both in our own lives and about him. And Stu and I will be your guides, your chaperones through this crazy canon of films. I would recommend, if you're able, to watch the movies before we post the episodes, just so you can have some context going in. This will be an exception. But obviously there are some movies that you may not want to watch, or there's some that are extremely difficult to watch. Um, So we're not going to judge you if you don't. Uh, We'll try and make this as accessible as possible. I will judge. Um, Just so that you have a clear entry point and can come along with us. But uh, that all being said, all the boring housekeeping stuff out of the way, let's kind of go into talking about John Travolta. John Travolta. Yeah. Uh, quick thing a little bit about me is, you know, I grew up in Midwest Indiana, and one of the things that sort of centered my family around some of our pastimes was watching, you know, family films. And I got to say, one of the key uh, landmark family films that I watched when I was a kid with my parents and my younger brother was Wild Hogs which has a stellar cast of uh Woody Woody um uh Tim Allen yeah Tim yeah, Allen Woody, yeah Woody Allen I was almost going to say Woody Allen, Allen. it's not hog. Woody Allen but he is a wild hog <laughs> uh Tim Allen oh, William Lord. H Macy um uh John Travolta and I, don't look at me I've not seen wild hogs I but mean, bad boys we have like 53 episodes to go until but like, bad boys with, oh, Martin, Lawrence. Martin Lawrence Martin Lawrence Martin Lawrence is in this and it's got another bigger cast but just just to give the audience perspective is that I love John Travolta so much for like just what he's done with the cinematic community and like for people who have grown up on some of his films. It's amazing. So to go into John Travolta a little bit, uh, John Joseph Travolta, who is six foot two. Good to know. He's three inches taller than me. Don't need to brag about your height, Jeff. But he is, anyway, uh, three feet taller than you. <laughs> He's three feet taller than me. <laughs> he was born February 18th, 1954 in Englewood, New Jersey, USA. So John Travolta, one of six children of Helen Travolta and Salvatore Samuel J. Travolta, not Samuel Jackson. Boy, would that be a twist. His father was of Italian descent and his mother was of Irish ancestry. Um, for folks who can call me out on this, I am indeed reading this from IMDb mini bio, so you can all look this up yourselves, but I'm going to continue. His father owned a tire repair shop called Travolta Tires in Hillsdale, New Jersey. And I've researched it. It unfortunately no longer exists. Had it have existed, we would have made a special episode where we went just, to get our tires replaced. Just to talk about Travolta Tires. Yes. I imagine there should have been like a museum for just Travolta Tires. As near as I can tell, it has been raised to the ground. <sighs> 
Deeply unfortunate. Deeply unfortunate. So Travolta started acting, appearing in a local production of Who Will Save the Plowboy? Doesn't say what year he did that in. Don't know if that was something when he was a kid or a young adult. But his mother, herself an actress and dancer, uh, enrolled him in a drama school in New York where he studied voice, dancing, and acting. All makes sense. He decided to combine all three of these skills to become a musical comedy performer. And at 16, he landed his first professional job in a summer stock production of the musical Bye Bye Birdie. Hella, hella. Good show. He quit school at 16, hella, hella, and moved to New York and worked regularly in summer stock and on television commercials. When work became scarce in New York, he went to Hollywood, as all unemployed people do, and appeared in minor roles in several series. A role in the national touring company that hit 1950s musical Grease. That's Whoa. right. He was in That's Greece. That's a bit of foreshadowing. He was in John Greece. John was in Greece? Before oh. Greece, which is crazy. Um, yeah, an opening in the New York production of Greece gave him his first Broadway role at age 18. You know what I was doing at 18, Jeff? You know what I was doing? Selling tires? Nothing. <laughs> I was in, I was like a senior in high school in show choir, and I wasn't. I was in Indiana. I didn't do any of the dear the shit a, he's done. I was a freshman in college in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I don't know like what part of the year he this was happening in, but I was either a senior or a freshman in college in Muncie, Indiana, Ball you State. Get, you chirp, love chirp. how the entertainment industry works. That he had to move to L.A. to get a job as an actor in New York, the place he was coming from. Yeah. That is kind of a weird one. The entertainment one. industry is crazy. It is a weird one. And so after Grease, he became a member of the company of the Broadway show Over Here, which starred the Andrews Sisters. After 10 months in Over Here, he decided to try Hollywood once again. Once back in Hollywood, he had a little trouble getting roles in numerous television shows, which we are not going to be covering. Uh, he was seen on The Rookie's 1972 Emergency. I say that with an exclamation mark. Uh, 1972, and the Medical Center in 1969. And that was when he then came into making his very first feature film in 1975, The Creme de la Crop, The Devil's Reign. The Devil's Reign. The Devil's Reign. That is the subject of our first episode, the 1975 Robert Fuest film, The Devil's Reign, starring a crazy cast that we will get into in a (laughs) Really crazy cast. (laughs) So, Jeff... Should we start going through just like the plot of this first for people who more than likely yeah, haven't seen let, this? Let's, we'll go through the movie. Um, kind of let discussion branch off of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this movie is insane from the start. It is. You see, like I knew the basics. I actually thought it was like a space movie. I don't. I don't oh. know why. I just saw William Shatner, and I thought it was going to be something in space. I thought it was, was going to get a lot more graphic. I was <laughs> very quickly proven wrong. Um, it starts off with uh, a this Bosch painting uh, of like people being like consumed by the devil. Yeah, um, very hellish. Moans of the damned over the opening credits. It all that was missing was Mozart's Lacrimosa. Yeah. That's and, all that it was missing. <laughs> and I'm already like, okay, this is going to be this kind of movie. Um, and then <laughs> it starts listing the cast: Ernest Borgnine, yep, <laughs> Mermaid Man himself. Uh, William Shatner, William Shatner, Tom Captain Scarrett, Kirk. <laughs> yep, all appearing over this horrific image to moans of the damned behind them. Yep. Then it says it cuts to technical advisor, high priest of the Church of Satan himself, Anton Slesny, I think was his name. 
So, yeah, you heard it here, that the technical advisor of the Devil's Reign... This, this movie had the actual high priest of the Church of Satan as a technical advisor. high priest of the Church of Satan. At that point, I was like, this is going to be the greatest movie I've ever seen. This is already <laughs> nuts. <laughs> then it's, like, edited by Michael Kahn, and I'm like, oh, cool, Spielberg's guy did this. But um, still a wild opening credits. Yeah. I'm already fascinated by what this insane movie is going to have for us. As am I. Um, after the credits continue to be wild i'm already unnerved uh cuts to a farmhouse in rural indiana i mean not indiana arizona yeah they're very it, similar it states. has palm trees yeah there are palm trees there are palm trees in there there are palm trees in arizona but it's uh, raining yes not like arizona but you, you'd say it's the devil's rain almost uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh robert robert Fless. you oh, dog you dog man um but we start off with uh william shat oh to um, an older couple. Yeah. Actually, not an older couple. An older woman and her father. Is that her father? It is her father because her John, husband's the one John who shows up the house. Yeah. Yeah, John, who looks like a backwoods Santa Claus. That's a really good description, <laughs> actually. Um, <laughs> um, they're frantic that neither her son or her husband has come home. Yeah. Eventually, a truck pulls up. Out comes William Captain Shatner. Kirk, William Shatner. Who runs into the house wearing a very tightly fitted vest yes. and a button-down flannel. He's looking good. Uh, he's acting same as he did on Star Trek, a lot of exaggerated. but a Same role. We love him for it. Um, he's like, oh, my father hasn't come home yet. He's a little perturbed about this as well, but he insists he's probably just caught out in the rain. Then another truck the pulls up. Rain. Another truck pulls up. It must be his father, her husband. They go out. Uh, he's shrouded in darkness, but you can see him walking through. By the way, this movie looks really good. There's something about that 1970s film stock that just look that just all this stuff is popping. Does I, it though? It's it looks really good. I will I, grant you this. This has like the fake rain machines from the 70s, and it's like fat yeah. rain. Like yeah, this is fat big, rain. Big rain. Big these, droplets coming this down. This very like stark look. A lot of dark blues and yellows. Anyway, it looks great. This guy's walking through this this um, foggy shroud of rain towards Shatner and his mom. The devil's rain. The devil's rain. Um, <laughs> and there's just like, um, Steve? Is that you, Steve? He walks up. He has no eyes. <laughs> his yeah. eyes are gone. His eyes are gone. He is melting in the rain. Yeah, he's melting like a wax figure. He is melting. They're remarkably chill about this. <laughs> they are, okay, so I need to talk about this with you. Because... At one point, doesn't the wife or the mom, whatever, say like "Hail Satan" or whatever? Like she says, like in the in Nomino Sante uh, or whatever. Uh, no, like she's um, she says some satanic. No, she she's doing she's doing a religious prayer when she gets back in because she is a she's not a satanist. No, she's the opposite of a satanist, which I suppose would be a Christian. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I thought but, they were satanists, but like cool satanists. No, they're the descendants. We'll get we'll get to that. They're we'll the descendants. The descendants right. of Satanists. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get to that. They are really cool about him melting, yeah, though. But they're very chill about their father and husband melting before their eyes and having no eyes. <laughs> the wife's just like, Steve? Steve? As he collapses into a puddle on the ground. It melts. It melts. And William Shatner here is doing that stone-cold gaze of like, yeah. ugh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> their father-husband melts. Um, they run back inside. <laughs> they go back inside, leaving him out there. He's a puddle. What, what can you do? He scoop him up. You, you scoop him up. Put him in a cup. 
Put them up. Put them, them up down. on your yeah. uh, fireplace. Yeah. Be like, that's Steve. That's that's Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, they go back in. The mom's like, they found us, and she rips open the floorboards and produces a large tome, a book that we do not get the context for until later, but it is large, and she says this guy named Corbus is after it. Corbus. Corbus. Dun, dun, dun! Lightning Uh, strike. So Shatner decides he's going to go out there and teach Corbus some business. He's going to find him, take him out. He tells the mom, hide the book again, stay inside. And wear this amulet. It means he can't hurt you. uh, He grabs his... No, he doesn't grab the amulet until he comes back in. But uh, he goes out. He puts this huge cowboy hat on. Oh, right. And when he puts the cowboy hat on, that's when, it, that's when I figured out what this movie is about. Which is what, This Jeff? is such a post-Watergate, post-Exorcist, <sighs> like, movie about the American man fighting the forces of evil, corrupting his country. Oh, No. I'm going to convince you this movie's good, <laughs> because it is. No. This, this is going to be 1975, every single episode. Is 1975. Just... Watergate has just happened. Ford is president. Exorcist made a lot of money. This but, was... I'm going to stop you there. They made this movie before. Like, they were in production of the movie before the Watergate actually happened, don't you think? No, they, Watergate was, not, so it was uh, 73, 74. Was it? Yeah, this was, this was shot, like, late 74 at best. I'm not sure if I'm buying the corruption of the evil but thing. He puts this cowboy hat on. Okay, yeah. He's going to go out there and he's going to fight the forces of darkness. These forces of darkness that are converging upon the American homestead. You're right. In the middle of the desert. In the middle of the desert. He walks out to his car. He gets in. There's something in his car. What was it? I can't it wasn't. Remember. It wasn't like a cross thing, was it? Or oh, there's a like a voodoo doll like yeah. stabbed in the steering wheel. Right, right. And he's like, oh no, and he hears shuffling inside the house, and he just chillaxingly yeah he he casually he saunters up to he saunters up to his house and just watches as the lights are yeah (laughs) also and i wrote this down because when he walks in to like check out what happened uh john is hung upside down by his feet by his ankles and he's saying something like oh he's like like, yeah they came for us they came for us and it's like i was just here bitch like (laughs) and (laughs) And william shatter's like i leave for five minutes i leave for five (laughs) minutes and you already get my mom kidnapped by the devil but he doesn't go upstairs to check. He does not go upstairs. He um he walks into the house. And this is clearly a two-story house. Yes. John is hanging upside down. He's like, they took her. They took her. Shatner checks around. He opens the floorboards. The book is still there. Yeah. He did not get the book. Um, he leaves the book. We know he, he takes it out later. But uh, he grabs this Christian amulet and puts it on. And now it's no longer just a quest to fight Corbus and figure out what's going on. This is a rescue mission. For his mom. This movie becomes a Russian nesting doll of rescue missions by the end of it. There's a a lot of rescuing. So we just went from like fighting the the dark forces of corruption to rescuing his mom. Well, now the force of corruption have corrupted his mom. It's This time, it's personal. Mm. Um, Okay. This time. This time, it's personal. Okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I, I do feel like he did just kind of leave John there to die. Oh yeah. He, he cuts John down at least he cuts um, John down, but then just leaves him. It's like, but like John's like the grandfather. It's, it's not his, uh, he's not too concerned at this point. Right. <laughs> not concerned for um, his well being. He's like, yeah, he's, he's on his way out anyway. I don't know. <laughs> My, mom has a few years <laughs> My mom has a few years. No. Um, so, okay. So, uh, William Shatner leaves. Then he, he leaves, he drives through the night. And we get this very beautiful montage of the deserts of Indiana, 
his Arizona. car, the Arizona, Arizona. There's no deserts in Indiana. <laughs> it should be. It should be a, a it's wasteland. A, it's a desert of morals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh no. <laughs> uh, no disrespect. If you're listening to this and you're from Indiana, I mean the rest of Indiana, not you. Just my. Whole I mean family. you. Are, I mean you are a very cool person, and I like you. You just but like to ripped all my the whole Indians family. who do not listen to this podcast. I'm from Indiana, by the way. You, you, said, you said this. You said this. I did say this, and I'm. I'm from philadelphia for context because i guess we're just saying where we're from now um this is already this is already going so well this is going great so william Um, shatner leaves yeah he leaves he drives through the night beautiful shots of the arid arizona deserts and mountain ranges and an abandoned gas station it's beautiful um he gets to this town name I, i cannot remember the name of the town let me check uh redwood is it called Redwood? That's the abandoned one, right? Yeah, the, the abandoned town. The abandoned town is Redwood. Okay, so he gets to Redwood. This abandoned, like, clearly it was made for a Western movie, uh, and they were able to get it for filming for this movie, so they yeah. used it. Can I jump in here and talk about, like, my own personal experience until, like, you stop me? So my Amazon Prime account was apparently glitching up, and I had hit play, and the sound was out of sync, but l- no joke. I literally thought it was just the movie was that bad that the sound was not in sync, and so I text Jeff, and I'm like, Jeff, this is so terrible. The sound is out of sync. He's like, what? It wasn't out of sync for me. So then I had to like reset my Prime, and then it turned out it wasn't out of sync. It was just my own Amazon Prime yeah. account. And that's when Stuart realized this was a great movie. Not true. It is a good movie. Uh, continue. This movie... <laughs> He's in Redwood. This movie rules. It does is not the, rule. It rules in hell. Um, <laughs> it, it rules in hell, it but rules also rules on hell. Earth. Uh, uh, it, it, one could say it, it rains. So he gets to Redwood. So he gets to Redwood. Um, uh, I, I'm looking at my notes, and at this point in the movie, I literally just wrote the shit rules. Uh, <laughs> um, he gets to Redwood, and he meets this uh, Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine. Corbus. Yes, Corbus. He, who has very pronounced eyebrows. Also, because Corbus just like appears to him as just like one of the somebody who lives in the town. Yeah, he just like shows up as like a sheriff-looking guy. Yeah. Um, Very non-evil looking right now, except for the eyebrows. Shatner can't get this water to come out of like a trough. Yeah. Um, and Corbus is able to get it to come out immediately. It's magic. And Shatner's like, should I drink this water? Are you about to poison me? Corbus tells him, just drink it. Uh, Shatner just goes for it. Uh, he's fine from the water. It was not poisoned. To, to the, our knowledge. The devil's fruit was actually just okay at this point. It, it was water. Was it fruit? This was like if the snake had given Adam and Eve an apple, and they're like, yeah, that's fine. You're just digging all yeah. of the religious overtones with this for, one. For that one, I there, there's absolutely nothing to do with the water. I don't know what the water's about. Okay. Um, so we actually get this really cool shot of the two of them in like a tracking. Essentially, the camera's just like following them as they walk through the porches of this town. Yeah. Uh, each of them kind of gaining superiority in the conversation and passing each other. Very cool sequence. Um, as they're like, the tension between them ratchets up. Eventually, Corbis... Uh, goes into the church, right? He goes into the church. Yeah. And Shatner follows him in. That's right. And that's when we see... And then Corbis disappears as soon as he enters the church. Yeah. And then what's in the church? A, a satanic ritual zone. Yep. Um... This boarded up church, this boarded up church, this like symbol of Americana, consumed by the satanic forces of darkness. It's a bunch of guys in black hoods, all chanting, and in front, 
Uh, what was that? Oh and yeah, none of them have eyes. None of them have eyes. None of them have eyes. It's all black pits. At the front of the room, there's an altar with a image of the ram. The ram. That's yeah, the ram. That's the satanic. A thing. upside down cross and pentagram. Yeah, they got all the imagery here. This is like a true ritual zone. Right. Can I just say I love when movies have cults with hooded guys who chant. Oh yeah. It's maybe the best part of the rise of skywalker a movie i don't love is that there's a bunch of guys in chant chanting You're talking about the, the sith arena right yeah, that is a great part of that movie what is it um, with the hooded figure chanting that gets just, your it's just you know, it's just cool it's cool it's scary like it's cool it. it's effective you can't see their faces i don't know i just like it okay cool. anyway all these people are chanting shatner not really threatened by this. I mean, he's a little threatened. He sits in a pew, doesn't he? Yeah, he walks up and he sits in a pew. Just like, oh, I'm guessing I'm going to participate in this. He's Peppy Le Pew. He sits in a pew. Yeah. Um, and he watches as Corbus emerges now in flowing red robes. Uh, he's cosplaying as Emperor Palpatine. He is the all, he is the high Satanist. Yes, he's the high he's the elite. priest. He's of, the high priest Satanist. Of this Satanic cult. Yeah. So he goes up and he starts the ritual. They're like daily prayer session, I suppose. Yeah. Um, they have a little conflict inside of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, they say they're going to have a test of faith. That's it. Right. Shatner pulls out his gun and shoots one of the Satanists. Oh, didn't you're forgetting the prayer battle. Because, oh yeah, they have a prayer battle. Yeah, because uh, Corbus is doing all the satanic stuff, and then he's trying to—he's holding the amulet and saying the "Our Father." And I just wrote down "prayer battle" like question mark. Yeah. <laughs> it's a—it's a test of wills. That, the, see, your thing with like cloaked figures, you know, you liking. I like prayer battles. Mm-hmm. When I see like in an exorcist or demonic presence movie, and it's like some possessed demon lady, it's usually a woman always yeah. saying like some demonic incantations. Then you have the exorcist doing like the "Our Father" and be like. The, the, the power, power of Christ, Christ compels you. <laughs> it's like those, that is like my favorite because yeah. it's like literally like you're battling with your words. Like nothing physically is actually happening. You're just throwing words and seeing what sticks. And and, and this is a movie oh, very much it. in the shadow of the exorcist. So it very much. They, is. they took that from the, take that inspiration. Yeah. But I think it does something new with it. Um, so they have the little prayer battle. The prayer doesn't work. Right. Shatner is forced to resort to his gun. And he kills one of the Satanists who melts into a puddle of wax. Uh, and when, like, when the, some when a hooded figure gets shot, it should be important to note that like they it's not the obvious they spew green wax. Like yes. they have green blood apparently because they're possessed or possessed or con- mind controlled. I'm not sure how to like classify it, but they're in one way or the other they're like slaves to the high priest. Yeah, they're, they're possessed by a, the ghost of a Satanist past. Yeah. And, oh, good one. <laughs> and. Uh, so, yeah, when, when one of the hooded figures gets shot, they bleed green blood or wax, whatever, which one you want to go yeah. with. And it's just, like, a little jarring at first. You're like, oh, like, they just have green blood. Yeah. Cool. Continue. So <laughs> he, he melts into a puddle, and Corvus looks at Chatner and points to his gun and essentially says, like, is that your faith? Is that your God and is a gun? Oof. Real metaphorical. Um, yes, very metaphorical. Very good stuff. Yeah. Um. Shatner's kind. Shatner understands the logic and realizes he just gave into temptation and killed someone in what he was trying to make a religious test. He's corrupted himself. He is as good as evil now. So he runs out of the church. He's surrounded by all these dudes who are now out there. All these Satanists. None of these are really like putting up a fight. By the way, they're just surrounding. Yeah, they're him. they're 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 standing. Yeah. <laughs> they're present. 
there's like there's a good I'm, I'm sure there's like a movie comparison it's like it's like walking dead with them they're just like running through the zombies that yeah. can't run they're just walking that's kind of what this is they're not yeah, putting up a fight they're pres they're letting corvus take care of it yeah our man, our man corvus Ernest Borgnine's really good in this movie. He's good. I will grant you that. Yeah. He is really good in this yeah. movie. He commits to it. He really commits. Yeah. Oh, I think um has Corb no, he hasn't turned into the thing yet. Yeah, um, we don't want to get there yet. Yeah, we're not we're not at that point yet. Um <laughs> turns into a big so spider with Shatner, a like, pulls goat's a, head. Shatner like pulls a cross out and he turns into a snake. Um and at that point Shatner is uh, put upon by all these Satanists who subdue him, knock him out. Bring him back inside the church. Cut to Tom Skerritt. <laughs> uh, with the tr- can we just talk about the transition at this point? Because the transition is not graceful at all. <laughs> like literally, you just see like um, you, all you see is like uh, William Shatner like bent because de- he tries to get into his car and there's a Satanist in the driver's seat. Yeah, and my thought is like open the door and shove the guy out. He's not going to put up a fight. But to, in his mind, in the movie rules, it's like I can't go in the car. Yeah. So then he just like. Backs well, it's, up against it's because Shatner realizes he's already fallen into darkness. He knows he can't escape his fate. Motherfucker's got to get out of there. <laughs> he's got to get out of there. And he just like goes back against the doors. He's like sliding down and he's like sitting on the ground and he's getting surrounded. And then literally at that moment, it just cuts to Tom Skerritt. Yeah, we cut to Tom Skerritt and his wife. Science experiment. What's her name in this? Uh, her name this is, is Emma. It's Emma. Emma. Um, I believe it's Emma, but, um, his wife is psychic and she is being experimented on by our good friend, Eddie Albert. You might say this is an Ed and Lorraine Warren thing where it's like, you know, Tom Skerritt's, uh, he's a scientist and they're using his wife's latent ESP abilities to, um, I guess, predict the future, predict the future. Yeah. Um, and so there, she's laying on a table and she's saying things she can see in her dreams um, and eventually she just starts seeing flashes of the future of the rest of the movie. It does she not sees, look good. She's a Satanist. She sees a guy dressed like a ram. She sees herself screaming against a glass wall. She knows that there's some dirty business to be had. It's not looking good. At the same time that she's having this vision, a man comes into the room and gives Tom Skerritt a note. Tom Skerritt with a commanding mustache, mind you. <laughs> it is a great I mustache. I love his mustache. <laughs> it's a fantastic um, I mustache. I mean, he, he's always had a great mustache. He has, yeah. Especially so here. Gives him a note. He grabs his wife and he says, my family's in trouble. We got to go. We cut back to Shatner, um, who is now... Is he tied upside down yet? He's tied upside down on a cross. cross. Yep. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, end of day style. Yes, end of day style. Um... Corbus is doing a ritual with him. Uh, they've drawn a pentagram on his chest. He's upside down. Corbus starts emitting some ritual speak. He's speaking Latin. Uh, Are they taking pup- him to the outside place? Yeah, they're still at the church. They're still at the church, I believe. Because the outside place is really funny. Yeah, the outside place is great. <laughs> he, a puff of smoke and Shatner, I mean, uh, Corbus turns into a ram. Supposedly, yes. the devil. Supposedly the devil. It's not really confirmed that least, we're seeing Satan. Or at least his agent on Earth. Right. It's like it could be like a major demon, but it also could be Satan himself. Yes. He is he is some he is possessed by the power of Satan. A little bit ambiguous at yes. this point. Um and they're calling for this guy's name. Uh this guy named oh, Bill. Yeah. Um to I, I thought it was Michael no, it's, it's like Fife? Is it I thought it was Bill Fife. It's something Fife. Because he's Mark Preston. Yes. 
I swore he was. I thought his name was Michael. It's something Fife. Yeah, yeah, definitely Fife. Anyway, um, he's calling back, and we learn later that like who he's calling to yeah. is like a descent or like a ancestor of his. Yeah, when they were like living in a pilgrim days. Yes. Yeah. Um. So they're calling for this guy named Martin Fife. That was it. Martin. Fife. Martin Fife. Yep, that's it. To enter the body of Shatner. Yes. Um. They do not finish the ritual. Right. But they kind of set it in motion. Shatner lets out this ear-pitching shriek. Like, we can talk about Shatner all day just in his ability to scream beautifully. It is equal to, if not better, than his <laughs> scream in the uh, the like, the like body double episode of Star Trek. Because it starts with like a medium-pitch male voice but goes to a high-pitch yeah. female. It is fantastic. Like, <laughs> Literally like that. Anyway, he's shrieking. We cut back to Scarrett, who's now in Arizona with his wife, driving their station wagon through the desert. They meet up with the local town sheriff. They're oh, like, this have fucking you guy. Enough? Have you found my family yet? This fucking guy. Found my family yet. Uh, the sheriff's like, Piece of a shit, sheriff. bunch of people went missing in that storm we had. Yeah. That devil's rain. Devil's well, rain. Um, I can't devote my guys to your family right now when they're... Low on the list of priorities. Low on the list of priorities. So, Scarrett's like, I'm going to go into the town myself. They have two police officers on this. Like, they have, like, two police officers for this, like, middle of mid- nowhereville. Yeah. Uh, so, he drives he and his wife into the abandoned town. It is completely abandoned. Uh, can't see any Satanists, no Shatner, no nothing. Yet. They're looking around. You see a brief hint of a figure in a window. Yeah. They look through one of the buildings and they see the church. They realize the church doesn't really look like it belongs. It looks like a New England building that is now in the middle of a desert. In Arizona. It looks very much like the church from Westworld. Um, It's kind of weird because this is like New England pilgrimage times, but it's taking place in Arizona where there are palm trees. Yes. Very good stuff. We're not going to comment on that, I guess. (laughs) No, it's not modern day. I mean, modern day for 19th If this is supposed to be about like, you know... uh, Descendants of the congregation shouldn't it be taking place in like New England? I guess they moved to the other side. I mean, I guess that's why at the beginning the mom was like, "Corbus found us." They moved so far away that he eventually found them. But apparently, they moved in yeah. not too far away. Yeah. Well, whatever. Corbus picked up his church from New England and flew it to uh, yeah the desert. They so, moved. Yeah. They Tim moved. Jones style. They moved. <laughs> Jonestown. <laughs> um. They see this church. They go in. They see all these satanic symbols. They figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they walk back out of the church when Shatner's car starts driving directly at them. They jump out of the way. The car skirts, crashes into a building, and a cowboy-looking, young-looking cowboy guy runs out into a building, into a saloon. Uh, Scarrett and his wife follow. They're in. They're searching for this guy. They don't know where he is. They don't know what he looks like. I'm so fucking excited. This... <laughs> Very, this successfully tense sequence. It is successfully of, um, tense. Scared, searching the rooms with his shotgun, looking for this figure, the Satanist in here. Eventually, he checks the second to last door. The figure pops out of the other one, and it is John, John Travolta. Travolta. Yeah! A extremely young John Travolta uh, with black eyes, uh, wax upper half of his face he's very unrecognizable yeah you uh, wouldn't know it's john travolta it took me a little bit to like, realize looking. it was him well because in imdb he's credited as 
Danny. Yeah, he's cra- Danny is the most like they got to post production realized they wanted him to have a name uh, wrote in the credits name I've ever heard. It's just like uh, not Satanist cult yeah, follower number in the three. Script he was definitely Satanist number one. Uh, <laughs> they just came up with a name in post when they realized he was getting credit. Yeah. Uh, but he and Scared have a fight. Scared successfully knocks him out, but not after a bit of conflict between the two of them. Um, yeah, they knock him out. They can't get any answers out of him because he's a possessed Satanist. But they right. see he doesn't have eyes. And uh, they run out, and there's a bunch of other people in the town now. Oh, no. A lot of cloaked figures. A lot of cloaked figures. They got to run for it. Yeah. They hop into the station wagon and take off. But but the uh, they had to stop. Yeah, because they have to stop you know because they they stop eventually, and Tom Skerritt's wife's like, "Why are you stopping?" He's like, "I gotta go back for my brother." It's like, "Are you crazy?" He's like, "My brother's with the Satanist. I gotta go get him. I gotta go get him." And so like he, he gets, gets out, out and decides he's gonna walk back to town. And she keeps driving though. Yes. And the whole time in this scene, they're in this like three layer station wagon. Yeah. I there's you know there's someone in the backseat. Absolutely. I spent the whole time like, oh my god. Look in the back seat, or when is someone going to pop out? Yep. And, and then, lo and behold, lo and behold yeah, there we go. Their mom. Um, it's the, the mom. mom pops up with her eyes not in. There. His wife screams. The mom grabs her. Car crashes. Car crashes. Back to Scarrett. Cut to. Um, who um, cannot get back to town? Oh, you know, he runs after the car when he hears the crash. She's not there. Right. He's now back in the town. So it has now turned into a double rescue mission. Yes. We now have a rescue mission. Also, is, fuck the mom, right? That is famous. <laughs> yes. Remember that at the beginning of the Shatner movie? Shatner went to rescue his mom. And they're got just like, captured. nah. Uh, Scarrett and his wife went to rescue him. She got captured. So now Scarrett has to rescue three people. Yeah. Uh, and also their dad. They keep mentioning like their dad may be there, but I thought he melted at the beginning. He, well, Yeah, that was he, a weird thing. He melted. The plot of this movie, in terms of like what the major objective is, gets more convoluted as it goes on there's a lot going there's a lot of business yeah there's but it a changes. lot of business yeah so uh, now after he sees his wife is gone i think he, he goes back to the he town. goes back to the town where he li- or where he's like saying and we discover right. that his friend not at redwood yes friend eddie albert has come with him oh yeah this guy and they're looking through the book he makes the dumbest decision in this movie john gave them the book and this guy's looking at the book, and he's like, I think this is a satanic book. I think this is a cult of Satanists. Yeah. And Scared's like, it doesn't make sense, no. even though he saw the, the ritual zone. And people with no eyes. Yeah, and people with no eyes. Like, Tom Scare's still trying to be, like, a logical skeptic at this point. Like, you yeah. know those characters that are like, I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation for yeah. this. And they're like, bitches, they got no eyes. <laughs> yeah, they have no eyes. Um, but they're talking, and Eddie Albert's insistent that this is something deeply concerning. They're Satanists. All that fun stuff. Yeah. So the two of them head to the town. They head to the town. Um, actually, wait, does... Well, I'm thinking, where's the part that Shatner actually does get possessed? Because I, that happens yeah, in the movie. I, I, I skipped over something. Okay, yeah. Before he goes to meet Eddie Albert and they meet, still look at the book, Scarrett gets a disguise cloak this is one of my favorite parts and this is my second favorite part of the whole breaks movie. into this outdoor like sermon on the mountain like ritual yeah um this is raiders of the lost ark uh nazis melting this is set. remarkably similar to the Raiders of the, the lost set ark. looks very the set similar. looks very similar the costuming looks similar someone melts in it uh, much yeah. like tot the nazi 
Uh, but it's a very similar setup to the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And so they're doing this ritual to like once again get William Shatner possessed by Martin and, Fife. And our good friend. Tom Skerritt, all he's doing is just slowly he's watching. walking. <laughs> he's slowly watching, not making any moves yet. He he doesn't want to blow his cover, yeah. obviously. So he just slowly w- walks up a little bit closer, keeping an eye. There's on. a there's a really cool shot though where he like you see like a hooded figure walk up. Um, and then turns to look at the camera and it's Scarrett. Yeah. It's a very cool reveal of him in the disguise. Yeah. Uh, very nice rack. Photos. But all of this after happening, like Tom Scarrett does nothing, which results in Shatner getting oh, yeah, possessed. His, Shatner gets 100% possessed because Scarrett just kind of watches while it happens. Doesn't He's jump curious. in. It's like, no. Like, yeah. nope. Doesn't do any of that. Um, meanwhile, uh, Travolta is walking through the crowd as well. Yes. Because he's like, he's, he's a smart yeah, he's a smart, smart. He's uh, credited Satan. He's featured extra. Yeah. Um, and up in the mount, Borgnine turns into the ram again. He successfully possesses Shatner with the spirit of Martin Fife. Shatner now has black eyes, the wax upper head. Scared is concerned. Travolta spots him and screams and is like, um, uh, like outsider. Outsider. That was it. Yeah. Outsider. Um, Scarrett's concerned because he just got spotted. The figure in front of him turns around. It's his mom. He's like, oh no, my mom and my brother have now been possessed by pilgrims. By pilgrim Satanists. By pilgrim Satanists. Yep. Um, Scarrett runs for it. He he gets into a fight with one of them. He punches Travolta at one point. Runs back to the town. uh, Takes uh, refuge in the saloon again where one of them comes at him with a pitchfork and he stabs them with it. Uh, in reverse. Is this where the flashback scene comes in that explains the whole pilgrimage thing? Yes, this is when the flashback scene happens. Because that is what tied it all together. Because mm-hmm. the description of the movie in IMDb is about that flashback. Mm-hmm. But you don't get that flashback until... what? It's not even like... Like an hour into the movie. An hour into the movie. So like, oh, this is what the movie's actually about. Which is, you know, that Corbus is... Was a pilgrim. Was a pilgrim. They were like living in town of Salem days. And essentially, like the local priest, they came all, to burn down their meeting spot, and they were gonna burn them at the stake and all that stuff, which included William Shatner is casted as like the the ancestor, the, the good Satanist, the good Satan. Yeah, they're who, a good Satanist in this. His wife decided to turn them in, um, and sh- with the condition that Shatner not be burned with them. Yeah, the priest is like, no, you did both support Satan. You're gonna, burn. you're gonna burn. You're gonna burn. Yeah. And Corbus uh, also burns. Yes. Corbus makes all of his followers, including two children, uh, pray to Satan that um, they will stay faithful and one day they will be returned to the earth um, once they're, after they're sent to hell. So he makes them all pray. They're all burnt. Um, and that kind of gives us the context as to what's happening in the modern day era that Corbus has returned he has the power of the devil, and he's bringing his old followers back to life into the bodies of their ancestors. Or their descendants. Their descendants. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you don't you pretty get that freaky. an hour into the movie. I like it. I was not a fan. I'm like, oh, now I know what this movie's about. I like that it's just kind of this creepy movie up until that point when we finally get the context. Creepy or just ambiguous? It is creepy. I thought it was it a is a good, It is a good movie. Movie hasn't ended, though. Yes. Movie has not ended. The uh, America has not fallen yet to the forces of evil uh, from their past. This is after the flashback scene. 
Yes, this is after the flashback scene that fight happens where he stabs the guy with the pitchfork, killed a guy with a trident. Uh, yeah. There's an Anchorman reference for you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I am broken. Josh Chipotle um, is not in that. He is not in that movie. Um, but he runs back, and that's when we have the Eddie Albert scene where he shows the book. Yeah. And he's like, ah, in the book, it says that the the, the, the names of the, the the people are here. Right, and he says, Martin oh, yeah. Five. Anyone and... who uh, was possessed, their name is written in blood in this book. And they look, yep. and who's there? Shatner's name, Mark Preston. Yeah. Because it has appeared in the book spontaneously. Yep. Now that his soul is... I wasn't here this morning. Now that his soul is in the devil's reign. Spelled R-A-I-N, which we'll get to. Like, just regular reign. Yeah, it is not the devil's reign. Like, like he's not in he-, he is not in hell yet. Right. But um, Albert and Scarrett decide they're heading back to town. They're going to show these Satanists what, what rescue his family. So they go. Yeah. They're... Talk about how good of a job they did. <laughs> uh, uh, there are some uh, lapses of judgment made in the following sequence. A few. They head into the church and they hear... Oh, well, his wife's still missing. Oh, his wife's still missing. <laughs> they head into the church and there's moaning. Mm. Um, the same moaning from the opening credits over that Bosch painting. Um, they're searching for where the moaning's coming from. It's in the floorboards. I like that both the uh, the forces of good and evil hide their like object in the floorboards. Yeah. It's a, it's a good bit. Good bit. <laughs> um, they rip it open. They find this big vase... Um, in the front of it, there's like a glass window, they and can you can see, see people screaming and banging against the glass inside. These are the souls trapped the inside souls the souls that they've taken out of the bodies are put in this face and swapped out with the pilgrim souls. Right. So this is the devil's reign. That is the, the devil's reign. It's raining inside of it. Right. This is the they're goblet all, of fire. Yeah, they're all being subjected to this torture inside of there, hence the moaning. Yeah. They're holding this thing. They're like, this is the power of the Satanists. We have it now. Yeah. They hear the chanting. The uh, the Death Eaters are coming back. Yeah. Uh, so they run up to the, <laughs> to the balcony in this church. And they um, have the Devil's Reign with them. They have the Devil's Reign with them. But these idiots leave the book, the thing that the Satanists want, on the floor. On the floor. <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> right next to the fr- altar. Yeah. So Travolta comes in, and he's looking around. And he's, he's like, he's like, Hmm. The floor, floor. The floorboard has been ripped open, <laughs> and our and our vase is gone. But right next to it. But right here, there's a book. It's a book. I wonder if this is the book that guy's been looking for. He grabs it and he brings it out to Borgnine, who is ecstatic. They got. He got his book. He's been searching for this for three hundred years. Which what? And they left it on the floor, and he gets it. <laughs> Just wait till you um, hear how they get the devil's ring yes. back. Um, That's my favorite part. <laughs> Can we get to that? We'll get to it in a second. Okay. So Ferdinand's ecstatic. He has this book. His plans can now be set into motion. He throws it up into the air. He is so excited. He leads his followers into the church. They're going to convert Scarrett's wife into, or they're going to possess her with someone. Yeah. Um, because it just, this is the perfect alignment of the stars or whatever, where all of the family members in this unit are all descendants of the original pilgrims. Yeah. So they bring them in. Um, they, uh, Scarrett's up there and he sees that they're bringing his wife in. He's pissed. He's got to rescue her. So he does the, so he, the he superhero d- yes. move and leaps off the platform. He leaps off the balcony. Uh, punches a Satanist in the face. Does and then a his, superhero landing on the he ground. Does a superhero too. landing and is immediately captured. Yep. 
Uh, it is less than five seconds of conflict before he is. Because, cap- you know, there's it, like 30 Satanists in one of He was just powered by pure male rage to uh, rescue his wife. All that masculinity. And it did not go well for him. He no. is captured. He gets captured. Now we just have poor Eddie Albert up <laughs> in the balcony holding this vase of souls. <laughs> um, the bargaining chip they could have used to probably rescue his wife. Yeah. Um, so he decides... By the way, the mom is still possessed. The mom is possessed. Shatner is possessed. The wife's about to be possessed. He's about to be. As is Scarrett now. Um, so Eddie Albert, instead of staying up in the balcony, uh, carries the, the devil's reign down to ground level and is like, hey, I have... I have this amazing I have thing that you need. all of your souls yep. in this vase. If you do not give me... If you do not let... Us go. All of the Prestons go... Scarrett, Shatner, his wife, the mom. I will destroy this phase and end all your plans. And what happens after that, Jeff? Uh, a Satanist walks up behind him, grabs his arms, uh, and removes him from the devil's reign. You gave it way too much grace because essentially what just happens is Dr. Like, <laughs> he is literally... Like Eddie Albert is holding the vase up with his arms, and literally a Satanist just walks up and, and grabs yoinks and it grabs out. and grabs it just from him. Yoinks it out, yeah, and that's it. And uh, Eddie Albert is immediately <laughs> captured. <it>. Their <laughs> plans have all gone terribly horribly. Well. <laughs> but who now has the devil's reign in their hands? A the possessed Shatner, William Shatner, Martin Fife in the body of Mark Preston. And this is a classic. Dig deep. Yeah. You can fight this. Yeah. Corbus calls him and says, "Bring the rain to me. We will finish our rituals. We will lay claim to the earth. Satan's power will spread, and America will be ours." Hint, hint. Yeah, yeah. All the cool idea. I love this movie. Um, <laughs> he uh, he's carrying it, and Eddie Albert's insisting, "You have the power, Martin Fife. You betrayed you." Turn to the good once before you can do it again. Destroy the devil's reign. Corbus is calling, beckoning him to bring it. He says, "You will have endless pleasure in the reign of the of Satan, the devil's reign. You'll have yeah. power, whatever." Uh, Shatner is conflicted. Eventually, he's reminded by Eddie Albert of his wife back in the Pilgrim days, who was the one who turned them in and was the real hero. Right. And think of her, whose name I am thinking of. Um, can I remember? I think it's Isabella. Okay. He, um, is like, he was reminded of her sacrifice and throws the devil's reign to the ground where it shatters. Um, and then a hole in the roof opens and all the, the ground starts shaking. All the Satanists are screaming. They're running for the exit. Corbus is unhappy to say the least. And the devil's reign gives way to the reign of God as all this water comes through the ceiling and starts melting everybody, everybody, all of the Satanists start melting, including the mom, including uh, yeah. William Shatner. Yeah, it does not go too well for Shatner and the mom. They all They're, get melted. Yep. All the Satanists melt. It's pretty much looks like the painting over the opening credits where they're all climbing over each other. Yeah. As waxy goo. We get some really good close-ups of Travolta as he melts. Oh, yeah. Travolta does yep. a great job of swallowing that goo. We really don't have to. I know this is a John Travolta-based <laughs> podcast. We really don't have much to say about him in this movie. Uh, <laughs> he gets a really nice close-up um, where his face melts. Yeah. It's good. Um, Corbus struggles with Scarrett at one moment before he is thrown into the pit where the, de- where the Devil's Reign was Palpatine kept. Palpatine style. Uh, where a gust of flame shoots out, consuming him and lighting the building on fire. Just like in episode six. 
So any of them who are in the building, who are not melting due to the rain, uh, start melting due to the flame. Yeah, it was a fire. Yes, it is a real fire and brimstone-looking sequence. Uh, Scarrett, Eddie Albert, and his wife all escape uh, past all this melting, and it ends with a beautiful romantic shot of Scarrett and his wife embracing as they spin in a circle. But then the twist... They do a spin. We see the back of Scarrett's head. And he it's, turns. It's, it's Corbis. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine, in his final moments, has possessed um, Scarrett's wife and is ready to continue the devil's reign on Earth in his new body. Cut to the credits. Cut to credits. It is a great <laughs> final twist. It's, it's something. Like, I love the smile that Corbis I, has. It's like, it's, it's almost the anti exorcist ending. Yeah. In that um, you think that evil has been vanquished, but no, evil has just taken a new form to possess this country in a new way. Yeah. That is my thesis on this movie. It is a movie about post Watergate America where they don't know right from wrong. Many evil is finding new ways to possess the populace you know jeff i gotta hand it to you like after hearing you talk about all the uh you know subtext and all the overtones of the piece you know i kind of i almost it's kind of crazy but i almost the, have to agree the 70s was uh, such a great time in hollywood where even the, i'm just kidding this movie is a piece of shit yeah, where even <laughs> the worst like craziest movies in the 70s were fascinating the new hollywood i mean this is like tail end of new hollywood but that's just such a fascinating period of time where a movie like this could get made. But it did. And it got made. How did it get made, Jeff? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that is the extent of the plot. Um, fun fact about this movie. It was funded by mob money, according to <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. The mafia paid for it, and uh, the cast was never paid for their work. Yep. Um, I mean... Tough break for John Travolta. Thank, I mean, thanks. honestly, thanks to the mafia for giving us this movie, you know? Why? Why they, is the mafia funding this? Is there something uh, we don't know? Well, the mafia's fund a lot about, of movies in the. <laughs> well, but why is there? Why are they funding? It? This movie is a is a scheme. I'm I'm guessing. I'm Rob, sure it's a laundering scheme. I mean, probably someone was like, "Yeah, my is some laundering scheme," or someone's friend wanted to make this movie. Maybe Robert Flast was in the mafia. I'm sure we could find out if we did a little more research, but uh, I have not done so. Robert Flast isn't alive to tell us if he was in the mafia. Or yes, not, unfortunately. But. But maybe John Travolta can. Yes. Maybe John Travolta can, like, given some do you, light. Do you know what Travolta said when he was asked about this movie? Uh, How terrible years ago? it was. He said, oh, that's a terrible movie. <laughs> He's like, oh, there's so many big stars, and how do they do that? Uh, mob money, obviously. Mob money, man. Um, how they get... Wait, so none of the cast got paid? Um, Borgnine said he did not get paid. I'm assuming he's the biggest star in this movie. If he didn't get paid, no one else got Lee paid. Shatner didn't get paid? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I just can't at the very least board nine i mean if it's a mob movie and you don't get paid you're not gonna raise hell about that what are you gonna do you go to the better business bureau and then wake up with a horse head in your bed the next morning (laughs) Um, i guess that's true yeah yeah there's not there's not really an avenue to complain when the mafia is involved but what a start to john travolta's career what a start a a near speechless role he has a few lines he gets he does get credit in the opening and end credits yeah um which is why we're covering it um, but yeah, it's a fascinating first role for him in the sense that he is playing a cultist. And this is the movie where he got handed the book, Diagenics, 
which would later Scientology. Which start, so this is not only the beginning of Travolta's career as an actor, it's the beginning of his involvement in Scientology. Ding, 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 ding. A subject <laughs> that uh, we will undoubtedly have to uh, dance with a lot during this. <coughs> Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is the beginning of a lot of things. It's a great touchstone um, just in terms of John Travolta as well as the history of Hollywood itself. Yeah. It's a fascinating movie from its period. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it, and we're coming at like a 57 minute mark, but just in what I would say, my final thoughts is don't be disillusioned. This is a bad movie. Um, I it's, will a, it's a good movie. It's don't stop. Okay. Uh, it's a good, any, if you agree that this is a good movie, uh, please send us an email. Uh, TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com and say it's a good movie. It's not a good movie. Stuart, Jeff. you have no idea what you're talking about. So, all right, I'm speaking to the sane members of our audience, all 20 of you, and um, I, I will agree with you, Jeff, on one thing. Like, even some of these really bad 70s, cheesy cultist movies have some sort of fascination behind them and just like how they got made and how they were allowed to like get these big stars and just come up yeah. with the creative decisions they, they were able to create. I think if you're someone who's like really into a film history buff kind of zone and you just want to like go back and do this whole like tail end of the new uh, um, Hollywood age, um, I think this one is definitely something that you should watch just for purely of a historical lesson on or that. Or if you just like cool movies where people melt and there's a bunch of Satanists walking around have I got the picture for you? I, it's grungy, it's grimy, it's a lot of fun. See, I think though, like for people who are looking for these cult movies, I feel like these people are also looking for some intensity. I don't think this movie really gets that intense. Yeah, th- there's not too much of intensity, but I think it makes up for it in just kind of like how weird it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a cult movie, both in the sense that it's about a cult, but it's just kind of one of those culty movies where crazy stuff happens. That you can tell that there was a lot of fun put into like the the grodiness of it all. Um, but it, it, you know, what's also interesting though, is the movie he did Travolta got after this. Yes. Being care. Yeah, Carrie. Yeah. We're starting this podcast off with two movies that are ostensibly in some respect about Satanism. Yeah. Uh, which maybe bodes well ill for <laughs> the rest of this podcast. <laughs> uh, it's a sign that when we get to look who's talking now, we're going to want to be Satanists. <laughs> well, it's like, it's um, interesting because if this movie is sort of about that corruption element in America, like then I see Carrie as sort of this religious corruption that yeah. like some morality corruption and yeah. like what that sort of brings. Cause essentially it's like Carrie is born out of wedlock. Yeah. And because of yeah. that, she is a Satanist or she's like this super powered person that has i don't know she's not a bad person yeah but it, you know in her mother's eyes we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves you know, you know what carrie is it is a very fascinating movie about a lot of good topics that we will be discussing in next week's episode in next week's episode uh we don't want to give the audience too much uh and then they decide not to listen to next week's right episode. true so come join us when we talk about the next satan satanist cult movie carrie mm-hmm. but uh, you know what is fascinating about this movie though uh, fun fact that I learned. Okay. Um, this is in the IMDb trivia, so obviously IMDb trivia is, you know, Very, spotty, spotty at best. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're just going to print the legend. Um, apparently, for his facial prosthetic, William Shatner had a um, a full head cast made. Mm-hmm. They would later use the same cast 
to make mass-produced Halloween masks of Shatner's face, one of which would be painted white and used for Michael Myers in the Halloween franchise. So you heard it here. Devil's Reign was the creation. Yes, of the Michael Myers of mask. Of the Michael Myers That is mask. so fascinating. That is pretty fascinating, uh, because given that Michael is a demon from hell. Yes, Michael is William Shatner's face from The Devil's Reign. Um, it's just so cool. Very that is cool. a very fun, fun fact. Very fun fact. Well, Jeff, we're hitting the hour mark here. We're hitting the hour mark. Thinking about time to wrap things up. We had a very productive episode, giving you guys a little quick introduction to our show, what we're talking about. I hope this hasn't turned people away. <laughs> if you found this to be a truly disastrous episode and that we don't know what we're talking about, Please stick with us. Please uh, stick with us. We'll get better. Uh, <laughs> no, we won't. But no, um, we, honestly, I do hope you all had a good time. Uh, watch this movie. It's available for free on Prime. You're not going to lose anything. It's well worth 80 minutes of your time to just see some people melt. I disagree. Um, I think it's great historically. It's it's a very fascinating movie um, that we had fun talking about. We hope you are as interested in the topics we'll be talking about as we are. Uh, John Travolta is a very fascinating guy, and we can't wait to dig into him more, including next week, as we said, with Carrie. Mm-hmm. We'll have our very special guest and a good friend, Matt Abalde. Um, it'll be posting next week. You, The movie is not available for free anywhere as of the recording date of this episode, but it uh, can be rented on most streaming services. For like two bucks, three yeah, bucks. Like, it was like three ninety nine. Yeah. Well worth it. Uh, fat, fantastic movie. L- looking forward to talking about it. Um, otherwise make sure to please rate review and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to for this podcast. Um, we're still in the process of figuring out exactly where it's going to be posted. I think it's going to be on Spotify, Apple music, uh, YouTube. So wherever you're watching it, please do that. And if you have the other services, maybe throw us a bone and subscribe on a few different things. We I mean, don't do that if you don't want to, but we would appreciate it. Uh, we're a beginning podcast and we're looking forward to what the future will bring. Amen. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us at Travolting Pod on both Twitter or Instagram for updates, some behind-the-scenes stuff, some fun information. We don't have a Facebook page, right? We do not have a Facebook page as of this time. There may be one uh, by the time this episode drops. Yeah. Uh, check, go on Facebook, type Travolting. Maybe it exists, maybe it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> Russian roulette with Travolting Pod on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I've tentatively set up a Reddit subreddit, r slash um, Travolting. If anyone wants to have discussions about The Devil's Reign with anyone else who listens to this podcast, I'll be putting a little discussion thread. I don't expect it to really pop off right now, but uh, it's there in case anyone wants it. If you have any questions you don't want in a social media format, you can email us at TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. If you have any complaints about this episode or our show, uh, please don't write a bad review, but email us at McConnell at senate.gov. Uh, and we will get back to you promptly. Uh, if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, you can find me at Jeff W. Sweeney. I mostly just retweet pictures of the prequels, but uh, you can find you can find me there if you want to tweet at me. Feel free. Stuart, do you have anywhere you're openly accessible? Uh, just uh, follow me on Instagram um, at um, Stuart Elmore 95. I am a photographer and freelance filmmaker in Chicago, so that's it yes. for me. Uh, and if you have any work, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, we're not, we're not going to hock ourselves in this gonna, podcast. We're, we're here to talk about movies right and not sell ourselves. Yeah, right. Um, so. 
And before we head out, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson we for love you, graphic Rebecca. design and my good friend Michael Van Bodegum Smith for our theme music, uh, which great. should be playing right now as we leave you out of the episode. Yes, we are playing this as we're yes. leaving the episode. Yeah. Um, thank you, folks. Thank you all for tuning in. Tune in next week for Carrie. Hope you all have a great week. Bye.